message I started last week, and uh, it, the message is titled Wealth in the Covenant. Wealth in the Covenant. Wealth in the Covenant. Father, I just want to thank you for your love. I give you praise. I give you glory. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts today and show us the way of God. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, we were in Jamaica, you know. So I promise. But let's go, let's go to uh, the Word of God here. I was doing a study, found out that 45% of Jews in the world live in the United States. It's 45% of Jews in the whole world live in the United States. Also, 35% of Jews, all Jews, just 35% live in Israel. Now, of those that live in the United States, the study says that 46% of Jews that live in the U.S. make over $100,000 a year. Over that. There was no other class of people that came close. So you heard the word the Jews control. A lot of them. I can't tell you the average or the median is so way up there you won't believe when you go to the median, it's way up there, Jews, around the world. In Australia, the same. The Chinese associate wealth with Jews. When they think about wealth, they think about Jews. Think about it. You think it's an accident? It's a coincidence? These are the people of God. The people of God. There was a man that was in our church. His name Ross. And uh, he heard me speak one time. Some of the th same things that I'll be sharing with you tonight. Uh, this morning. Sorry. I'm backward. But he said. Before I became a Christian in our home. We just, just believe that it's going to be well. We're going to have. No matter what. We're Jews. And because we're Jews. We're just going to have. And he said, if you said anything in the home that reflects lack, they'll stop what they're doing and, and like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Sorry. How, how did that come out of a person in our home? They didn't understand that kind of thinking. Because if you are a Jew, you are supposed to have wealth. They believe that. So it continues till this day. God is a covenant keeping God. Even though God has abandoned them and God is following with, uh, locked in with Christians in covenant, God still maintains his own end of the covenant and the Jews are doing well. Now, Ross said, only after I became a Christian that they started teaching me that become, becoming poor or staying poor is the thing to do. So now I believe he wanted to go back to his Jewish heritage so he can have some. There is wealth in the covenant. 
And I shared with us last week in from Genesis chapter 24, uh, chapter 28, where uh, Isaac was passing on the blessings of Abraham to his son Jacob. He said, God, may God Almighty bless you. And may he give you the blessings of Abraham. So he passed on the blessing of Abraham that he had experienced himself. He wanted the same blessing to pass on to his son. And in Genesis chapter 24, verse 35, Abraham's uh, servant was bragging on, on Abraham and said this. Please go with me to Genesis chapter 24. Verse 35. Now Abraham had said, you know, I want you to go. Uh, bring, bring me a bride for uh, my son. This was the man that God has blessed. The blessing of Abraham. This was Abraham himself. God said, uh, Abraham said to his servant, now go get me a bride for my son Isaac. He's going to be the heir of this blessing that I have. And so the, the servant went and went to the house of uh, uh, Laban and found Rebekah. And he was a stranger to them. They didn't know of Isaac. And he was bragging on his master. He said, you really want your daughter to come with me. Because my master has been blessed by God. He is loaded, he said. <laughs> you, if you want the good for your daughter, you want this daughter to go with me. My master is loaded. And these were his words. He said, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. He was bragging, give me that girl. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great. When God blesses you, you will become great. You will have influence. You may not start that way. Abraham didn't start that way. He started when he was 75. But by this time, he had become great in the land. He said he had become great. And he... God has given him who gave. Abraham took it by himself. No, God gave this to Abraham. God had given him flocks. That's one group of business. And herds. That's another group of businesses. It says silver and gold. So if you're looking for money, he has not just flocks, businesses. He has money. He's wealthy. He has male and female servants. That means he has a lot of employees. They work for him. He started just a few of them, but now he's got all these people working for him. He's taking care of them. He has camels and donkeys. And you want to wonder why will they won't be talking about camels and donkeys? You can't have a camel and be rich. Why you want to brag about camels? But in their time, camels were their Rolls Royce. And your Bentleys. It will be difficult for you to have a camel in the desert. You have to water them. You have to have servants to take care of them. He has camels and donkeys, Mercedes Benz, and Lexus, and all of that. He, he was loaded. That's the blessing of Abraham. That was the blessing of Abraham that God promised us in Galatians that we should receive as children of Abraham. 
If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. And the promise is to bless you, the blessing of Abraham, so you can have. And so that blessing continues today with the Jews. I don't know where we Christians missed it. Because we've been taught differently. But we need to change our ways and begin to believe the gospel so that God can, can reach us and bless us. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? If God calls you blessed, you call yourself, I'm having a lot of trouble. Something's happening to my life. I don't know what's going on. I, I can't make him meet. That, that kind of stuff. You talk about that all the time. So God is out. You have to agree with God. And how are you saved? Very simple. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Is that not how you're saved? And a great miracle takes place. So what you say is very important. We're coming to that. And what you believe is so important. So what must we do since we know that we are Abraham's seed? what, What must we do to allow this blessing of Abraham to come to us. The first thing I said we must do is we must believe the gospel. Now when I say believe the gospel, the gospel is the fact that it says to us that Jesus actually died on the cross for us. That's the truth. We must believe that, that Jesus paid the price for our sin. But we must also believe that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the gospel. Jesus said, go and tell them all of these things. Don't let any part go out of your preaching. You must tell them all, teach them to obey everything that I've, I've given to you. So we must believe the gospel. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 tells us that God has a special future for your life. God says, I'm not confused about my thoughts concerning you. I know my thoughts concerning you. They are for good. They are to bless you, to give you an expected end, a future, to give you a future. When God gives you a future, it's really a future, it's blessed. So we must believe the good word of God. We must believe that the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. We must believe that with all of our heart. No matter what's going on in your life, you must believe that as, just like the Jews. Because I'm a Christian, I will never know want. I don't know how God is going to bring it to me, but I'm a child of God. And every good father takes care of their children. If they have their means, they'll do whatever it takes to make sure that the children are comfortable. My father is better than everyone on the earth. All of the fathers on the earth. If you, want, if you will have it, my father, God, is gooder than every of the fathers on the earth. Amen. <laughs> Good fathers bless their children. They do the best for their children. They do everything. And God is a good God. And we are his children. We must believe that with all of our heart. The second thing that we need to do is change the way we think. We have been programmed even before we became saved. Sometimes in our family setting. Sometimes out of circumstances that come, that come into our lives. 
All of these things tend to program you. Maybe you come from a family where no one is ever graduated from college. And so you think, there is, if no one is graduated from college, it's not going to happen here. Where will they get the money to train me? Where will I get the money to go to college? So you settle for that, and you live your life as a Christian believing that. But God is saying you need to change the way you think. You are a child of Abraham. You are not just a child of your father and your mother. You are a child of Abraham. You are a covenant child. You have a covenant with God himself. And God is looking out to bless you. Give him chance. Give him the room to bless you. So we must change the way we think. We must start thinking in terms of possibilities. We have all these motivational speakers. They are speaking the word, word to the people. Guess where they got, they got all the truth that they are sharing with people around the country and taking a lot of money from the Bible. Least some of them will even tell you. <laughs> they don't want to tell them. I've been in one of them. And they say all of these things. I say, well, I know that. I, I can give you scripture for that. What you're saying now. They won't quote the scriptures, but the, the, the principles they draw from the scriptures. They tell you not to say uh, negative words. Always think positive things. They won't tell you it came from the word of God. And, and, and those people are going and they're flocking in and, and listening. And believing what they are being told by the gurus. Amen. And they are going to practice these things and it's working for them. So more of them, even more of them, go. Just to listen. But we have this. And not only that, you have the spirit of God living inside of you. So we have a purpose for this. While we're speaking on this. Because I do know when I preach on this, God will confirm his word with signs following. He's going to bless you. Amen. Would you say amen with me? Amen. He's going to bless you. Amen. But I will also take your tithe. Say amen as well. <laughs> I want him to bless you. Amen. We are together in this. When he blesses you, you are a member of my family. Amen? We are all blessed together. As you increase, I increase with you. And then we are able to do God's work around the world. We are able to plant a church in England. We are able to plant one in France, wherever we want to. Because the house of God, the family of God is blessed. But if you don't speak the word, God has nothing to confirm. He confirms his word with signs following. So people say, don't say those things. You don't want to become a prosperity teacher or a prosperity preacher. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I want to preach the word of God. Because what you preach is what God confirms. If you preach on salvation, people will get saved. If you preach on baptism in the Holy Spirit, people will receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If God has nothing he to work with, he can perform. Give me the loaves of bread, Jesus said, and let me bless it. Amen? We give you the word and God blesses it in your heart. He's the seed that is sown in your heart. When that seed begins to work in your life, oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All of a sudden, you were hanging your head down before. Now you can stand straight. Because God is doing a miracle in your life. It's all by the word of God. All by the word. Many times we're hearing words like this, you're thinking, hmm, how is that going to happen even if I believe that? If you're thinking like that now, you really need to repent. 
That's why we want you to change the way you think. Because that's standing in the way of God. Blessing your life. So we change the way we think. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. When you are thinking something big, something big, positive, guess who is in there with you? And God is saying, I can do better than that. Amen. I can do better than that. You're thinking about having this kind of business to this level. And you're saying, boy, if I can only get there, God, help me get there. And and, and my whole family will be blessed. And I'll bless the church and I'll bless all the pastors of the church. And God says, I can do better than that. I'll take you over here. Amen. God will do that for you. Solomon was only asking for some wisdom to run his government. Amen? Just to run his government. He had God's heart. He wanted to do God's will. And he asked for just just give me good wisdom. And God says, hmm, I can do better than that. I'll give you the wisdom you ask, but I'm going to get you loaded. Amen? And people will be coming from everywhere to hear you. I like that. Let them come from everywhere just to hear the wisdom of God. Amen. God wants to do that for you. Sometimes we hear that and we say, well, he can do that for Pastor West. He's a man of God. So who are you then? You are a man of God as well. You are a woman of God. God is a respecter of no one. All you have to do is believe him. Amen. So change the way you think. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or even think. Refuse to think negative thoughts. When the enemy gets you in that line, and you begin to think the impossibilities, and you begin to consider the situations, the things that you have to deal with. How am I? How am I? What's going to happen? What if this negative thing happened? At that time, nothing positive will come into your thought. Before long, you're depressed. You're depressed. And you'll be having a, a, a party. But God is not in that party with you. A pity party. Uh, and Satan is going to be your guest. He loves that. So we change the way we think. Amen. The next thing, not only change the way you think, but change the way you talk. Change the way you talk. It's okay because we're humans. We're all in this together. It may not happen overnight, but if you stay, the Bible talk will come into this later. It talks about patience. God is going to get you there. The word will carry you there. God is going to get you there. No doubt about it. If you stay with his word, he'll get you there. In his own time, we'll come into that later. But change the way you talk. And you know about Christians, once they have their heads down, and if you ask them, they just keep talking about these things that's happening in their life, one thing after the other. After listening to them for a while, you, you depress yourself. And if you don't like that kind of feeling, when you see them coming next time, you take your way. I'm not going to go through that. Change the way you talk. 
talk in terms of possibilities. Now, we're human beings. These thoughts go through our heart. All this impossibility. What if, if I do this? What if, if this doesn't happen? Then I'm going to be in this situation. You're just thinking. But when you give it voice, it becomes a part of your life. It becomes a part of your life. Don't give it voice. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can think it, but don't talk about it. There is no need in looking for somebody to talk about this thing. You may feel okay after sharing those things, you know, with people for a while. But guess what? As soon as you leave their presence, you are alone. The old bad feelings come on you again. And there is no way out. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You see nothing. Don't want, you don't want to go there. So you start speaking what God says. When difficulties come, when want come, instead of speaking those words, your words will be, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't know how God is going to do it, but I'm trusting in God in this situation. I'm depending on you. And sometimes the enemy comes and says, well, you made a mistake when you did this. You should have done this instead of doing this. Now because you've done this, God is not going to go with this. Well, forget that. God is able to take our mistakes and make them something beautiful. He can change it. So we believe God regardless. God will be with us according to his word. So we must change the way we talk. We must say words like this, Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6. Especially when you feel like the world has left you behind and you have nothing. You've done everything and some people work hard but there's nothing coming. They've done everything. And, and then there's regret, you know, maybe I should have done this when I was a little boy. Maybe I should have done all of that. Well, with God, the Bible says all things are possible. God will make a way for you in the wilderness. With God, it's never too late. He's never too late. Have a dream and pursue your dream. Some man, I read this morning, if you give, if you give up your dream, you're dead. Only dead people give up their dream. You stay with your dream. Even if it's difficult. Stay with it. Why do you have to say? Because there will be tests. There will be difficult times. Situations that is going to make you feel like there is no way on earth. Well, no way on earth, but the Lord himself will make a way. God will make a way. That's why he is God. What I can do, he does for me. God will make a way. I don't have to give up on my dream. Because if you give up on your dream, that's the end of it. You're dead. And this covers every area of life. You don't give in to depression. So change the way you talk. Say with with the scriptures. Oh Lord. Even if you don't have. Oh Lord. You are the portion of my inheritance. You God. You are the portion of my inheritance. And my cup. You maintain my lot. (laughs) Even when I'm not absent minded. I'm not there. You are maintaining it for me. The lines are falling to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. You have to say that constantly to yourself, no matter what. I have a good inheritance. Now, sometimes if that's just words, well, they, this, the same words created the universe. 
I'm speaking the words that created the universe. At the set time, God always has, if you read through the scriptures, there's always an appointed time. Many people give up before the appointed time. They get discouraged. Situations cause them to give up their dream before the appointed time. And they no longer walk with God. So first thing we must do, we must believe that God loves us. If God be for us, who can be against us? We believe that with all of our heart. Secondly, we try to change the way we think. And think in line with God's word. Think in line of the success God is going to bring into our lives. And then think, then begin to speak those things. Begin to speak the word. <laughs> I'm talking to you and a funny story got into my head. And I'm going to say it, okay? <laughs> I heard this testimony. I don't. I didn't meet the guy, but my pastor spoke about this testimony long, long time ago. It's about speaking what you believe, you know, even if it contradicts what's happening in your life. Change the way you think. Change the way you talk. But this guy, you know, many people go to the altar and they get prayed for, and uh, after they get prayed for, they'll go back and check, you know, and if the pain is still there. They look up and say, See, the prayer didn't work. Maybe you need to pray again. And if you prayed again, the feeling didn't leave, then they say, well, he is not anointed. I'm going to look for an anointed brother to pray for me. But this fellow, he got prayed for. He was totally blind. And he understood the significance, the importance of what comes out of the mouth. And he read the scripture, they read the scripture to him, hands will be laid on you and you will recover. He believed it. And uh, he started telling everybody, he was as blind as they come. He was telling everybody, God has healed me. And he said, of what? From my blindness, of course, he said. <laughs> they were, people were kind of nice to him, they won't tell him. But he, he'll go to this barber shop, and he'll be bragging on God. Oh, the pastor laid his hands. And mine, God healed my eyes. The barber, he'll roll his eyes. He's been nice to him. He cut his hair. And one day he was cutting his hair. And uh, the guy started bragging again on God. That God has healed my eyes. They prayed for me. God healed my eyes. <laughs> the barber couldn't handle it anymore. He says, sir, please, I'm tired. I'm tired of you just telling these lies. Your God has not healed you. You are blind. You're blind. You can't see. The blind man got very indignant inside. He got up and turned to the voice and said, Can't you see? And pointed to his eyes that I can. Guess what happened after that? His eyes got opened. His hair had been halfway cut. <laughs> he ran out of the barber's shop excited. <laughs> Part of his hair not yet finished, you know, running. I can see, I can see. That's what our God can do. When you change the way you talk. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. If you keep speaking things against your family, guess what's going to happen? That's what's going to happen. You don't say, I'm speaking against it, you just... To you, I'm stating the facts. <laughs> but you're stating the facts causing your whole family and causing your home. Why? We have facts and we have truth. Amen? Yeah. 
<laughs> speak the facts. I like to speak the truth. Amen. This is the truth. So we stay with the truth. And the truth is what makes us free. So speak the word of God. You, O oh Lord. That's worship. You, O oh Lord, are the portion of my inheritance. You are my portion, God. Say, I'm loaded. Because you, God, you are my portion. And you maintain my lot. You're the portion of my inheritance. And my cup. You maintain my lot. I have a goodly inheritance. I have it. Not going to have, I have it. May not be seen by you, but I have it. God said so. It's all by faith. That's what Brother Daramola was teaching on this morning. And I enjoyed that teaching this morning. All by faith. All by faith. Somebody shared in that class. Faith reaches out, but the hand never will the hand come down empty-handed. That's real faith. So we change the way we talk. The fourth thing that we want to do is change the way you walk. You can tell them where they're walking in, you know. Brother, what's going on? You don't want to ask them that. Because they will, they will pour on you. I'm telling you. You don't want to go there. Brother, what's going on? Ah. Let me tell you, brother. Do you have time? They may begin to pour all this stuff. If you were up here, by the time they're through with you, you're way down here in the dumps with them. They're feeling really bad. That's because you've lost hope. Hope in God. You've lost your hope in God. Because of the situation. The situation has become bigger. And now you reflect what's happening in your life. By the things that you do. And the things that you say. The way you carry yourself. Has anyone watched the prince and the pauper? Hmm? Hmm. Get that pauper out of here. Because <laughs> you can be in the palace and still be acting like a pauper. We need to believe God's word. Start making preparation. That's what we're doing when I'm talking. I believe that God gave me that. I believe that with all of my heart we're going to plant a church in, in uh, England. When, I don't know. How, I don't know. What city, I don't know. But I'm going to keep saying it till it sinks deep inside me. And when the time comes, God is going to make it possible through you. Amen? Amen. <laughs> through you, God is going to make it possible. God said in his word, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, it says, enlarge the place of your tent. That means at this time, it's not large, right? God says, I want you to enlarge it. Because something is about to take place. So you change the way you walk. Before, your walking is to make it a little small, me and my family. But now, I'm going further than that. 
Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Begin to expand. You do that. It says, do not spare. Don't hold back. Walk differently now. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Get ready for what God is going to pour into your life. Why is God telling you that? He says, because or for you shall expand to the right. When after you have started to expand your own tent. Enlarge your tent. That's your business. God says, if you do that, the reason I'm asking you to do this is because I'm about to do something. If you don't prepare for it, if you keep hanging your head down, then God really cannot do it. So you need to think a little bigger than yourself. You need to dream somewhat bigger than what you can handle. How are we going to pay for this? You know, we are in this place here, but it's too tight. Maybe the home or whatever. We're going to go for that. And you think, how am I going to do this? No plans? Or we just stay here. You got to step out in faith. Amen? And let God walk these things out by himself. It says, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. That's what God is going to do. We must believe his word. And lastly for today, make the kingdom of God number one. We have ten things that we want to go through. But make the kingdom of God number one in your life. Many people serve God when they feel like it. It's like, uh, I don't feel like going to church this day. And you stay home. I don't feel like giving today. So you don't give to God's work. No matter what they say, I'm not going to give. That's okay. But where is God in your relationship, in your life? In the relationships that you have, where is God? Where is his place in your life? Where is God? Is he number one in your life? God has guaranteed in his word. God is looking for one thing and one thing alone. Faithfulness. He rewards faithfulness. God is not going to reward according to the magnitude of your labor. Reading the word. He's going to reward you according to your faithfulness. That's what the word says. Come the you faithful servant. Is that not what the word says? God is looking for faithfulness. My, what I must do for God and what you must do for God is very different. But would you be faithful? Would you allow circumstances to make you quit doing what God called you to do? I was sharing with somebody uh, sometimes. Most times, you know, I know God will direct me as to what to do with preaching. But in my own personal life, months can go by and he hasn't said anything to me. And I've been through a lot of battles. I've been through a lot of battles dealing with different issues, disappointments here and all of that. 
pain sometimes, but I won't tell anybody. You probably will never see that. But I'm dealing it with with myself in between me and God and doing what He's called me. Sometimes you don't really want to feel. You don't feel like it. Nobody knows it. I know I have to be there. I have to do. And then months will go by, and one day I kneel to say to pray to Him, and He tells me, "Son, you have been faithful in what I called you to do. Now I'm going to do this and this." And that's why this church is today. Because in 2001, God, I was asking the Lord, I'm doing all of these things. It's like crazy. There is no rhyme to this, what I'm doing. I just go to Nigeria, come back. I don't know what to do. My family, what's going on? And I was just thinking them. You understand what I'm saying? And I knelt down to pray. And God told me very clearly, from now on, most of your work will be in Texas. And then said many other things some of which have come to pass, some of it still needs to be fulfilled. But I know God spoke that to me. I didn't understand it clearly then, but now this is the Ark Fellowship. But it was clear, you have been faithful to what I called you. Now, I was just doing what I felt God called me to do. There was no voice that said, this is exactly what God wanted me to do. That was what I thought was the only thing I could do. And that was what I was doing. And did it, it was very painful. Painful to me, painful to my family. But we stayed in there. You must make God the service of God. You see, a lot of people want to worship God. That's good. But Jesus in the temptation, guess what he said? You want to read this temptation where Satan said, fall down and worship me? He said, only God we must worship. And him alone must we serve. Two things. Worship and service. A lot of Christians do the worship part. They forget service. Sometimes just being in the house of God is your service. You don't feel like it, but you want to serve Him. Amen? You're not just going to worship Him, you want to serve Him. When it's easy for you to make just this little excuse and say, well, I don't feel... Many times when you don't feel, that's the enemy coming at you. There may be something waiting for you at the sanctuary from God. I'm sure you remember the story of Hannah? Going to the house of God was not a pleasant experience for Hannah. She hated going there. But she knew she had to be there. And in a time when it was the most difficult for the woman to be in the house of God, she went. And it was painful as before. But this time... Very, very painful. She cried out to God. God gave her one of the greatest prophets that's ever lived. Samuel. When it's difficult, you hold on to service. I'm going to continue to serve God. You know, God delivered the children of Israel for one purpose. And that was... Stated by Moses when Moses went before Pharaoh. He says, let my people go, that what? That they may serve me. He said, God heard their cries. What kind of cries? From their bondage, by the reason of their bondage. They didn't have time to worship God. They had to work from morning till night. They couldn't rest. They had no time for their kids. Nothing but to work for their slave masters. 
And they were crying out to God, I believe in their heart. God, if you will deliver us from this, we will serve you. And God said, I came down from heaven to deliver them. Now go tell Pharaoh, Pharaoh, that's Satan. Tell Satan, the time is up. Let my people go. And when they leave, they won't leave this place empty-handed. They will be loaded. Amen. I need them to serve me. And you know the story. The word went to Pharaoh, let my people. He said, well, you can take the people to the desert and they can worship God in the desert. But please, don't go very far away. I don't want you to go very far away. So Satan can still reach out and bring you back. And Moses said, we are going far away. You won't be able to touch us. We're not coming back. We're going far away. He said, you are not going to go then. They stayed back. And Moses went back. Let my people go. God said that they may serve me. He says, you can go. Go serve the Lord your God. Uh, but leave, leave your cattle and your sheep and all of that. Leave them behind. Go and serve the... <laughs> we need the sheep. We need the cattle to serve our God. So what the devil said, well, you can worship God, but please don't give offering. Don't give an offering to God. There's vain. God cannot bless that. You come with your substance to bless Him, to serve Him. If you will serve God. In Psalm 102, verse 13 and 14. It says, you will arise and have mercy on Zion. That's the people of God. That's you. That's me. You, God, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time. Say it with me. Set time. There is always with God a set time. The set time has come. They have been proving themselves. They have been showing themselves faithful. He said, for the set time has come. Yes, the set time has come. For your servants, the reason is your servants take pleasure in our stones. What stones? That's the kingdom of God. They now take pleasure in the stones of the kingdom. You want to plant the kingdom. So God, you must arise now. You got no choice, God. You need to rise up now and bless your people. The set time is here. They have now turned around. They have made your house and the work of God number one in their lives. You must bless them. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles kill for, lie for, cheat for. I'll give them to you. They will be added to you. Amen. See, why don't we believe the scriptures? It's because we can, if it happens overnight, you know, if I change my mind and I'm going to serve God with all of my heart today, that's you, I'm talking to Jennifer now, if I saw Jennifer, something like that happened in her life, she made a decision and the next day she was a millionaire, oh, it won't be tough for me to do the same thing, right? I want to do it. But what discourages us is when we change, it doesn't happen the next day. You know why? God is proving you. He has a set time. And once you prove yourself faithful, consistent in your worship, when that day comes, He gives you favor. He gives you favor. Do you remember Solomon? Solomon. He was a young man. When God 
decides to show you favor. I mean, just one favor can transform your life. You may have worked for the past 25, 40, 50, 65 years and nothing has happened, but one night of favor can transform your whole life. In one year, God can bring something into your life that you've been struggling all your life to get. God can do it. Just one year by just showing you favor. Because you make him number one. Now, Solomon said to himself, Hey, I can't, I can't govern. I'm not, I'm not as spiritual as my father David. I'm not a warrior like he was. And, I, you know, I have older brothers. And this little guy here, I, I don't feel that smart. I can't do this. But he loved God. And one day, Solomon loved God so much, he was so pleased with the God of his father, and he sacrificed a thousand bulls. He killed another one. Amen. They kill one for sacrifice for God. He looked at that, he enjoyed, say, I know God enjoyed that. Kill the next one. And they kill another one. Please, oh, it's for God. Kill another one. And they kill a thousand. And that night... He said time came. Amen? And God said, what do you want me to do for you? Just tell me anything you want. You know what I would tell the Lord? Do you have time? <laughs> you have time? Because I got a long list. <laughs> how long are you going to stay with me so I know how fast to talk? I mean. And he said, God, I want you number one. You see, your people are great people. Who can govern them? I don't have the wisdom. These are your people. I just need you to give me wisdom. He made God number one again. He wasn't care. He cared nothing about money. God said, oh, I love that. I'll give you that wisdom, okay? I'll give you that wisdom. But I'm going to get you. You will be loaded, fellow. Watch. People were coming from all over the world to listen to him. Amen. I like that for me. Amen. (laughs) They were coming from all over the world just to listen to him speak. Because he made God number one in his life. Young people, I mean, if you're young, you're here. You have a lot of friends that are running back and forth. Don't pay them attention. Stay with God. They'll laugh at you today. Tomorrow they'll be singing your praise. And they won't know how you get there. How you got there. They won't know. Stay focused on your God. Forget what they're saying. Don't feel like you are missing out on life. Let them run. Stay with God. And see what God will do with you. God made an ordinary boy. Become the greatest king. In the Old Testament. In terms of wisdom, no other man up to today, except from Je- for Jesus, no other man can be compared to that man, because he made in terms of wisdom, because he made Jesus number one, God number one in his life. Job chapter thirty-six verse eleven says this: If they obey and serve him, Amen. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. And their years in pleasures. This is for everyone. This is for everyone. 
If you make God number one, the blessings of Abraham will come to your life. You're not going to be perfect, so forget about that. But you are making God number one. You're doing everything that you can to please God. And God will pour upon you. But the major thing is, most, it won't be overnight. God can make it overnight. But my faith, what I see from the scriptures, and you can read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, God will have a time to prove you. He does that. That's just God's nature. He's going to test you, no matter who you are. He tested Abraham, remember? He's going to test you to see if you will change your mind and do something else. Once you do that, he says, I can trust this person. We can do business. It's over. To get back to that place is great work. Great work. But when you make him number one, God will do all. You see, when Jacob received the blessing, and this is for many of us. When Jacob received the blessing of Abraham from Isaac, notice Abraham, uh, uh, Jacob didn't get wealthy immediately. And it seemed as if God wasn't in his life. He worked seven years for the woman that he loved and got the woman he didn't want. Most men will kill for that. <laughs> and then had to work another seven years. Fourteen years. This was not to earn wages for himself, just to get his wife. And then he worked more. And then after, this was the one that was blessed with the blessing of Abraham. But he had God in his heart. And then his heart started to change. He had lived with his brother. He went there for protection. Just to get away from Esau. And time had gone. He had forgotten everything. And then his heart was beginning to change towards his God. He had promised God, if you bless me when I come back, I'll give you my tithe. I'll give you everything. You know, God, I'm going to do this for you. Now, time, he had nothing. And he was crying out to God, I had not, I have nothing. He cried out, nothing. I have nothing to show for my work. And then that night, God gave him a dream. One night of evil. You remember the spotted and speckled trees? That was a dream. God gave him a dream. Sounds crazy, but it was a dream from God. He believed it. And guess what? His life was totally transformed. God was with him all along. But during that time, he started to become very intimate with his God. And he knew his God. And will wrestle with all, battle with all of his troubles. Wrestled with the angel. And became a great patriarch of the kingdom of God today. God can do the same for you. That's why we have all these stories in the scriptures. God can do the same for you. It may not happen overnight. But if you stay with God, if you will make God number one, and you don't care about what people think and what they say, God will come through. Would you stand up with me this morning? And I want to know from every one of you, if you are serious in your heart, this is not to prove anything to anybody, I want to make God number one in my life. If God has any blessing on this earth, I want it before I pass on. But you, you're saying that, that's, what, that's me today. Can I see your hand up? Thank you. That's me today. And I have to remind you, it doesn't happen overnight. But I need you to start dreaming. 
Start dreaming. Don't dream of just me and my little family. Dream beyond that. Dream beyond yourself. So dream yourself out of the want. When God's day, set time comes for favor, then God will do his work in your life. Would you lift your hand up to the Lord? Everyone, I saw your hand up to the Lord today. And don't be bashful. Thank you, Father. Would you say that? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in your name, I bless your people today. Let your great hand of mercy come upon us. We need you. Yes, you've given us abilities. But we cannot go it alone. You said in your word, without you, we can do nothing. We acknowledge your presence in our lives today. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, I'm going to do something different. And I need you to sing with me. (laughs) Mark, if you can get the keys, okay. If not, play what you want. (laughs) Put your hands out. My hands are blessed. My hands are blessed with the blessings of God. Blessings of God. My hands are blessed. My hands are blessed with the blessings of God. With the blessings of God. Anything I touch surely must be blessed. Anything I touch surely must be blessed. My hands are filled with the blessings of God. You want to change the key for me? It's too, it's too low for me. Go ahead. My hands are blessed, my hands are blessed with the blessings of God, with the blessings of God. My hands are blessed, my hands are blessed with the blessings of God, with the blessings of God. Anything I touch surely must be blessed. Anything I touch surely must be blessed. My hands are filled with the blessings of God. Now, I'm going to make you do something, okay? You guys are too uptight. (laughs) Can you all get the words of the song? Okay? If you can, now, what you need to do... I need you to move around, okay? Please come and touch me. So your hands are blessed. When you touch me, I get blessed. And touch your, your brother or your sister standing by. Anything I touch, surely must. Don't just touch your wife or your husband, okay? <laughs> but touch everyone you can touch, amen? And then move around a little bit. You guys are too uptight, okay? Give me now. My hands are blessed, my hands are blessed with the blessings of God, with the blessings of God. My hands are blessed, my hands are blessed with the blessings of God.
blessings of God, with the blessings of God, anything I touch surely must be blessed, anything I touch surely must be blessed, my hands are filled, filled with the blessings of God, with the blessings of God. Okay, now we're not closed yet. <laughs> okay, now what I need you to do, hey, can I, can I get my congregation back? <laughs> okay, okay. When you get to the place, my hands are filled. That's my hands are filled with the blessings of God. I like you to shake it this way. Ooh. Hey, you guys are too uptight, okay? <laughs> okay, let's go. In is going to help me. My hands are blessed. Let's pick up the temple. With the blessings of God, with the blessings of God, my hands are blessed, my hands are blessed, with the blessings of God, with the blessings of God. Now touch them with nothing I touch, surely must be blessed, anything I touch, surely must be blessed, my hands are filled with the blessings Blessings of God, with the blessings of God, my hands are blessed, with the blessings of God, anything I touch, touch them brother, touch them sister, anything I touch, surely must be blessed, my hands are filled, with the blessings of God. Bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday.